Hey, middle-aged gamers, welcome back to another... Oh, God. I just blanked. I wanted to say so many things at the same time. Is that yep. an episode? No, I just, like, all this stuff in my head was, like, clogged up. But anyway, we are doing another episode of our news show focusing on games, news, and everything in between. Game of the Year is out. Lots of other news items in between. Anton was just telling me about a soccer team in England potentially recruiting someone based on Football Manager 2024, which is a really cool thing. I'd love that for baseball, even though I'm not American and I haven't watched baseball in a while. I'd love, love to work for a baseball team like the Boston Red Sox, which is the best team in the world. Plug right there. Anyway, so we got to get into it because there's so much to cover. Black Friday is coming up very soon. It's already started. Anton's favorite company, Displayed, has some good deals on as well. So I'm thinking about expanding my collection, which I still haven't even put up. But anyway, um, Adam, what is your first story for today, sir? So my first story is going to be about, I saw people are looking for how do you how do you add things or redeem codes on PlayStation? So I figured, you know what, this has been on there. I've been ignoring it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it short and sweet. Basically, if you are on the website, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go ahead hey, and log website? in. There's a little icon in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, okay, just, just for non-PlayStation people. <laughs> the PSN website. So you're going to want to log into the PSN website. You're going to want to go to the upper right-hand corner. There's a little icon there. Click the icon, and there's going to be a drop-down box, and there's going to be a little tab that says Redeem Code. And then you click that, add your code in, and you're done. Just click through all the, the okay. If you are on the app, all you do is open the app, the PlayStation app, in case you weren't sure which app to open. And then you go to the store. There's going to be multiple things at the bottom. The first one is usually your page. The store will be the middle one. Click on that. There will be three bars in the upper right-hand corner. Click on those bars and then go down to redeem code. Enter your code and hit enter until it's done. And that is how you redeem PlayStation codes. So Adam, for what occasion would you need to redeem a code? If you want to pre-order Persona 5 Tactica and the way you top off your uh, the way you top off your wallet is with these redeemable codes that I can pick up conveniently at 7-Eleven nearly anywhere in Taiwan. That is when you would need to redeem a code. Or I'm if, sure if you buy uh, instant gaming or stuff like this, you buy a code. Yeah, if you buy a, a game code online or a lot of times what will also happen is you buy a game and it will come if you buy a physical version of the game. If the game itself might come with a code sometimes, because a lot of physical versions don't come with discs anymore. But also, a lot of times what you'll do is you'll get the disc and then you'll get a little sheet of paper in it. And that'll have a code on it and that code will give you some extra stuff. For example, all the way back in the PS3 era when I was playing Little Big Planet, the version of Little Big Planet I got came with the came with the Monster Pack, the Metal Gear Solid Pack, and another pack. And so those were in the disc or for example when i got final fantasy crisis core for the final Fan- or for the playstation 5 then same deal i could get some extra materia or that sort of thing but yeah it's one of those things where you know where companies they want to sell new copies they don't want people to be trading around used copies so they often put a little promo in the thing with it so whoever buys the original disc can use those promo codes, they can get some sort of special item or something like that. And if they resell the disc, other people who buy it later, they can't reuse the same code, so they don't have access to those kind of promo things. So yeah, a lot of times it'll be like the pre-order bonuses or maybe some extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I will say 
as well, like Kickstarter, if you backed PS5 or Switch or Xbox games on Kickstarter, that's the, one of the ways you get your codes as well is often through email, sometimes through Kickstarter messaging. That's how I get all my Switch codes recently. But yeah, that's also, but I have to say like with a lot of these systems, like entering the code, I understand why people can't find it because it's not obvious, at least on the Switch anyway, as hard as Adam finds that to believe, but because you, you click on Nintendo Switch Online, you got to wait to load. It's all the way on the bottom, and it it doesn't say. By the way, no, this is yeah, right no, there. It's on the Switch. It's not obvious because I've seen that on people searching from this. It's like, where do you enter a code? I'm like, yeah, it's if you've never looked through the menu, it's not easy to find. Yeah, it used to be easier. It used to be even easier. They they did move it because it used to be on the app. They always had those three bars. And so any, anywhere in the app, you could have gone to, I think it was settings or something like the little settings icon and then redeemed your code that way. But now they moved it that you have to move to the PS store tab and then press the settings in the store tab. And that's how to do it. But All right. On to story number two, Antoine. Or story number one for you. All right. <laughs> exactly. Before I quick, I'm going to start uh, digressing. Just uh, two things first. We are 12 subscribers away from having 1,200 subscribers. So please, if you like our video, share and subscribe. That'd be great. I'd love to have 1,200 subscribers before the end of the year. Number two, for Football Manager, it's in UK only for the job, of course, because it's the Bromfield Football Club. I don't know if they're in Premier League or Championship or whatever, but that's pretty fun to have to hire someone in real life based on a video game. And it's not even an eSport or anything, so I found it very cool. And with this, I'm going to start with Frontier of Pandora, because we could go straight in the meet and to the, talk about the game of the year. But I want to stay, I want you to stay a bit later in the show, so I'm going to start with Pandora. And I will show you how, despite talking about games every week with the lads for the past, what, two years or something, I'm still very illiterate, because I found out that there was big title thing, Frontier of the Pandora has a gold certification as of today, despite the fact that it's being released on December 7th. And I was like, what the hell is a gold certification? And then I checked and it's gold certification means that the game is complete, hopefully uh, bug free, and basically could be released today. I was wondering, why is that such a big deal? Does that mean that we have other games which get released before getting their gold certification? If you have been watching the show, that I rarely, very rarely get a game on day one, except if it's free on the Game Pass. I think this is not something I'm going to look. Do I buy this game on day one? Do I have the gold certification? Is the game actually complete? Because I'm going to merge another story, right? Uh, I was about, I wanted to talk about the Ark Survival, which is going to be released on Xbox, which was supposed to be released. And the day before the launch, I think it's an Xbox exclusive. Not, not sure I need to check that. But the day before the launch, they say, you know what? We don't have all the certification. They are not gold. And we're going to move it to next week. Because one day before the launch, they realized, no, no, the game is way too buggy. We, we can't really sit like this. We're going to get a shitstorm. Gold certification, gold certification, I didn't know about this, but it is a thing. And you know what? If you want to buy a game on day one, that might be something that you want to look out for, just to make sure that... Uh, now I'm thinking about it, I would like to know if Cyberpunk was gold certified before release, or Skyrim, actually. <laughs> Not Skyrim, sorry, Starfield. Was Starfield gold certified before release, or something like this? 
it makes you wonder because I saw another big title on Game Round or something. This, yeah, several triple A were actually gold certified before release. Exactly, exactly the reaction I was looking for. <laughs> was that, why it's that not normal to be bug free and ready to be to be played properly at release? Is, is gold that. certified different from gone gold? Is that the same? Yeah, for me, it's uh, it has gone gold. Yes. Because gone gold just means that you've printed the like the final. This is what we're going to like. You, you've made the mold basically for all the the discs. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has nothing to do with quality. It just means you're ready to start producing, right? No. What do you say exactly? I was looking at this one. Frontiers of Pandora has officially gone gold, meaning the game is ready for its scheduled release on December seven. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily yeah, mean bug free. Because yeah, because when they. Well. I, I, yeah, they use like what they use like gold plates or something when they would print these discs or something, and that's why it was called Gone Gold or something. So old fashioned from like way back in the early nineties. I remember reading about it in a PC Gamer, God, in like nineteen ninety four, for Doom, the original Doom. Yeah. Yeah, I worked yeah, with a guy who used to work that... in that industry, and he was explaining it to me what it meant. Yeah. And that behind the timer, right? You probably know it in that French. You knew about that. That's all. Like you probably <laughs> read it when you, when you were a kid, like in the nineties as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it just means that this is the version. This is basically like our our equivalent of a mold. We have that and we're going to be stamping out all the CDs now. Ah, you mean, oh yeah, okay. Not, is it equivalent to the Nintendo seal of approval or that's... No, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's more, it's more like if you were working at Ikea and they finalize, they say, okay, this is our final design. And then we're going to start printing out the instruction manuals. And then basically, oh, this okay. is we have the file for the instruction manuals, and we're just going to use this file to print out all the instruction manuals. And it basically just means that file is done. So it just means like the game okay. itself is done. We're ready to start burning. See, this is the version we're going to burn to discs is finished. And we can still patch Fair it and whatever and later, but the file that will be used to burn the discs is complete. All right, fair enough. Now I, I know that I'm going to sleep a little uh, bit uh, smarter tonight, so that's grand. And also I really wanted to talk about uh, Frontiers of Pandora because that's potentially a game of the year material. At least a lot of people are very hyped about it. But of course, it's not going to be released on time for the game of the year. So I thought it would be a good transition for the next story. So I'm, I am I watched a video about this and I'm like, this looks really beautiful. I know it was criticized for being first person. Lots of people wanted this to be like a third person, similar to the Division 1 and Division 2. So let's, I mentioned that this is made by Massive Entertainment, right? Which is a Swedish company, I believe. And I play Division 1 and Division 2. And so I know those guys do amazing work, but they're very much like when Division 1 and Division 2 came out with, they were, let's say, very much like typical big AAA games. Not great at the beginning. It took a year for Division to be okay both games in terms of DLC, in terms of combat, in terms of gear rolls and stuff. And Frontiers of Pantera, Pandora is going to have the same thing, right? There's different types of gears and bows. and It's an interesting thing, but I think it's... I understand why they delayed it because this is such a high expectation. It's They had been... They worked in both the divisions for almost 10 years. So this is the first time stepping out of the mold. It's... I think no matter what's going to happen, Massive have never released a day one amazing out of the pocket game just because these games there's so many variables inside so i think we just we shouldn't have such high expectations for it which one yeah, yeah frontiers of Pandora. Pandora? Yes, yes okay okay 
I wasn't sure if you were talking about Pandora or Ark, that's why, since I keep mixing everything together. Um, okay, and then I will move on to my first story, which is Nintendo Super Mario RPG was leaked earlier this month. It's, it's the middle of November right now. Um, but you would have seen uh, places like Nintendo Life. They were already posted a video and it was like, oh yeah, they got to play it. And a few people actually got to play it officially. But at the same time, someone released a video. Okay, this is what this Mario RPG is. Now, Antoine or Adam might know more about this. Again, this is totally new to me. I was aware of Nintendo growing up. My first Nintendo system was a Wii. And I never heard of Super Mario RPG until I watched this video earlier this month. But yeah, Super Mario RPG was leaked. You can watch the official video. You just look for Super Mario RPG Online. You'll find at least one or two videos that have not been taken down yet of unofficial gameplay. But honestly, it looks great. The actual page on the Nintendo website is absolutely beautiful. For a seven-year-old system, it's amazing. And again, it is a full-price game on for the digital store so 60 us dollars and again if you're living in not the us you'll probably get it for cheaper i bought my super mario brothers wonder for 45 dollars the physical edition and i'm sure this is going to have some physical add-ons and stuff i got a cool little mario fridge magnet that that was nice I and mean, that looks cool but super mario rpg i would highly encourage you to check out the website it mentions a whole bunch of things here that I honestly don't understand, but it's stump and guard with action commands, command your party to attack, block, and use specials against a variety of enemies, turn battles in your favor with the new chain system. And the only chain I can think of is like Final Fantasy chains or combo chains. Combo chains are a thing, right? Chains of memory, but what, what chains? Yeah. Oh, combo chains in Final Fantasy? Not typically. In, in 16 oh, okay. to an extent, but... That was more of other franchises did that, like uh, Legends of Lagaya or um, some other. Yeah, ones. so it's doing a, uh, a bunch Gaia of whole like cool things, and it looks absolutely amazing. It has uh, an, a remastered soundtrack, brand new cutscenes, and, and remastered cutscenes from the original game. But it's coming out. It is coming out in two days, so it'll be out on Friday. It'll be out on Friday here as well, or at some. Nintendo stores here in, in Kaohsiung, where in my live, you can actually line up at midnight and pick it up at the store. Something to keep out in mind. And yeah, check out the video. I'm a little bit worried about difficulty because of, of how much difficulty I've had with Super Mario Bros. Wonder. But I will mention that they do have, the they call it the Breeze system, which supposedly makes this easier for you if you do want it. Yeah, take it easy with Breezy Difficulty Mode. Players new to RPGs or want a story-focused experience can use the new Breezy Difficulty which makes battles easier and leveling up faster. As ashamed as I am, I might actually just do that because I don't want to think too much and just play and enjoy it. But yeah, check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. And that is definitely something on my list of things to buy. But I have I still need to finish Wonder and I still need to finish my time at Sandrock, which I got on Kickstarter. Uh, lots of stuff to do. Uh, okay, and then... Uh, yeah, I never okay. played the original. <laughs> All right, Adam, your second story for today? All right, so my second story is a twofer. What I'm going to be talking about is Dragon's Dogma and Final Fantasy VII Remake together because what's going on is we recently got the ratings for both. Both have been rated, which means that they should be coming soon. We'll start with the Final Fantasy one. Final Fantasy VII Remake recently got its rating, and it's got some interesting things in there. It's going to be rated teen 
And it says the reason is cutscenes. What was it? Let's see. Characters use swords, staffs, guns, and magic spells to fight monsters and human soldiers. Combat is highlighted by impact sounds, cries of pain, explosions. Cutscenes depict further instances of violence, sometimes with splatters of pool or pools of blood. Characters impaled or slashed by swords, sometimes with a slow motion effects. An assassin throwing a spinning blade at a targeted figure. Characters shot by soldiers. Some female characters are designed with revealing outfits, deep cleavage, suggesting dialogue. Sometimes accompanies camera panning, close-ups of characters' bodies and outfits. For example, quote, Just admit it, you're obviously captivated by my bodacious beach bod. (laughs) And the game contains some alcohol content as cloud players can drink a version of moonshine while at a bar. Is Cutscenes sometimes feature drunk characters slurring their speech, a handful of scenes depict characters smoking cigars or out of hookahs, and then a list of curse words that they're going to be using. So, yeah, a lot of people are speculating who's going to be who's going to be using that bodacious beach bod, who's going to be using that quote. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I think it's going to be an NPC. It's probably obviously going to be a Costa del Sol. It does sound like a Zach quote, but I think it's going to be one of those goer muscle guys that are consistently just posing all the time. Pretty sure it's going to be an NPC. That's my guess. But it is interesting because speech bods and deep cleavage aside, the the first one, the remake, had a scene where in the original game, you are following a trail of blood. And then that's where you finally find the boss and then you fight the boss. And in remake, they actually changed it to purple goo because they said we don't want to show blood because that would up the rating so they changed it to purple goo from a mon- from the monster but here it clearly says we're getting people impaled there's pools of blood there's blood flying across the screen so i'm curious what was going on there in that meeting room where they were like okay the first one we need to get rid of blood and then in the second one they're like you know what let's just throw it at the wall and just all over the place so oh, I, I know why yeah because they I have give to you my right? No, I was thinking it's because in the first game, they are in Midgar, it's not necessarily hot and everything. There, they're going to be Costa del Sol. They know they're going to have half-naked ladies and the rating are going to be up anyways. You know, oh, no, I get our, that. Our rating's going to be thin anyways. Let's put blood. It's not going to change anything. It's a fair argument. I, yeah, I they're like, like, you know what? We're already there. <laughs> like, we're already there. Let's just go for it. So, yeah, there's that. And then the other piece of news for this is that Dragon's Dogma 2 was recently rated which uh, means that it's probably going to be released relatively soon, or at least announced that its release date is going to be announced relatively soon. It is worth noting that Capcom did say in one of their tweets, it wasn't an English tweet, but it was another tweet that they had, and announced a release coming up the, was it at the end of the next fiscal year, so before April. So a lot of people do believe that Dragon's Dogma, between these two things, there's evidence that Dragon's Dogma 2 might release sometime between now and april so relatively soon so let's hope unless of course it needs more polish at which point let's hope it gets what it needs because i am super psyched for dragon's dogma 2 i've watched some additional trailers for dragon's dogma 2 uh, and it, it looks really nice and it still makes you want to go back and try number one but i still struggle with quote-unquote classic games with the way they work and like figure it out and i'm like i don't want to figure it out just tell me what i'm supposed to do and that's why I remember Adam talked about Dragon's Dogma 1 with such admiration. And I'm like, okay, I've got it. And I'm like, okay, I've got it. Because I just, <laughs> I've, I've tried, I've, I've installed it once, tried it. I'm like, nope, sorry, can't do it. Installed it a second time, made it a little bit further. I'm like, no, sorry, this is just wasting so much time. But it's it just, the games of the day were like that, which is what I figured out. Katamari falls into that, surprisingly. 
as much as Adam's eyes are telling me, what the hell are you talking about, Korean? Yeah, I don't know. I cannot comprehend how you could think that Katamari is but, too. But not hard in terms of difficulty, <laughs> but it's it still asks you to figure out stuff where I feel like a lot of modern games are like, I respect your time. Here's do A, B, C, D, and then you're done. That's what I want. It's forward, backwards, left. That's it. That's the entire game. Forwards, backwards, left. But right. in the Switch version, right, in the Switch version, right, it asks you to accomplish this tutorial task, and I couldn't do it. I'm like, no, I've been defeated by a tutorial, and, and that's enough. I'm sorry, you've shamed me, and so you're gonna go away. Did you roll over the? <laughs> no, object? you have to do something to slow down the roll, and I couldn't get it the keys to do it correctly, and I, I just I was like, okay, probably just go in reverse. <laughs> I, at some point, I'm going to get what you have. Adam has an Elgato HD60, if I remember. Uh, no, for you're recording. Yes. Oh, the, the capture card? Yeah, yeah the um, capture card. Yeah, I yeah. want to get it. So which Katamari is this? Is this Katamari? There's only one Katamari, which, Katamari, which Katamari is, is Katamari Damasi Reroll something. That's the original Katamari. I have no idea. But anyway, <laughs> no, because I, I, I do want to... That's before they added all the extra features. <laughs> I do want to like record video of this and try it again, and maybe I'll get past it. I'd be yeah, so exactly. And you could say, "Create, come on, it's this easy." I could say, "Ha ha, Adam, I'm right," though probably I'm not right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, but Dragon's Death War Two, from what I've seen, looks awesome, and I think it will be much simpler than the original, given 2023, 2024 timeline. So that will be on my list of things to purchase. Though I'm sure Adam's going to be asked. I'll wait for Adam to buy it on the PlayStation. I'm like, okay, is it good? Then I will pick it up. Yeah. I'll pre-order it tell you that now. cool okay then antoine your second story for today since technically you are going to work in 13 minutes i want to go straight into the game of the year so we can have your reaction at least a little bit our six contestant for game of the year are alan wake 2 from remedy entertainment and epic games baldur's gate 3 of course by lion studios Marvel Spider-Man 2 by Insomniac, Resident Evil 4 Remake by Capcom, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, that's where I need your help, Korean, by Nintendo, and, of course, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, also by Nintendo, so two Nintendo games this year. What do you guys think of this selection? I already have my idea on two of them, which I feel like are a joke, but anyway, <laughs> let's hear about you first. Go ahead, what do you Adam. think? First of all, out of six games, how many of them do you actually know? Enough to talk about it. I mean, I've read a lot about each of them in the news, so I've only played none of them. But but let's <laughs> be fair, the only 2023 game I played was Armored Core. I haven't played any other games from this year. Everything else has been in the from the backlogs. Not It's nothing against these games. It's just that I have a lot to catch up on. I have lots of games that I've bought from 2023, but I've only played one. I've only had time to play one so far, but I've heard a lot about all of them. Yeah. And I've heard good things about any, all of them. Is there any surprise for you to see them in this six? Shock you, for instance, to have Alan Wake rather than an Armor Core? No, because everything I've seen about, because Armor Core is niche. Alan Wake, I've heard a lot of really good things about. I, I, I think the closest thing that I would say to be would be a surprise would be Resident Evil 4, purely because it's a remake and not an original game. But I remember when it came out, everybody loved Resident Evil 4, and they were all over it. So all these games I've seen a lot of hype on, and I've seen basically no nothing bad about any of these except for I've seen with Spider-Man 2, I've seen lots of people 
complaining about it or whatever, but most of, most of those have been in bad faith. So yeah, I'm, actual reviews, I've not heard anything bad about any of these games. Okay. And if you have to put your coin on one of them, which one would it Baldur's be? Baldur's Gate. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's going to be an easy contest today. What about you, Korean? Out of these six one, I guess you know. No, I'm, I'm honestly, I find one? Game of the Year awards recently, and this just might be an age thing, that I feel like they're game of something that wins the game of the year should be a game that everyone can play and is accessible to. And I feel all of these games are too niche. Niche is the wrong word, right? All of these games are too specific to an audience, right? People who like Spider-Man 2 are like Spider-Man 2, but they're not going to like Alan Wake. And Alan Wake, again, is like a, like you mentioned, psychological horror, that sort of stuff. Super Mario Bros. Wonder is something that it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it is pretty easy, it is accessible, but it's definitely not accessible enough as someone who has put in about six or seven, probably more than that, eight, eight hours into it and played it. And I've, I'm actually, the, from the last time I played it, I'm actually halfway done with the game, right? It's not a long game. It's an amazing game, but it's still loads of people like my older brother, who's, I'm 40, so he's 50, hates platformers, can't do them anymore. And people in his gaming group out there in the UK, again, no, nobody's going to do that sort of stuff. I, I think it should be a game that no matter who you are, it's accessible to you. You'd be somewhat interested in it. And I'd be like, yes, this game deserves this accolade because everybody can play it the East coast of the world to the West coast of the world. And I think none of these fall into that. If I had to choose a category, I guess it would probably be, my coin would probably go on to, God, as much as I hate to say it, because I hated the first one, Zelda, unfortunately. Okay. For me, I would say the two, the two games on these six, which shouldn't be there. And with what you said, I would add another one, but Resident Evil 4 shouldn't be there, it's a remake. It's not an original IP, so although the game is great, they really remake it perfectly. It's not an original IP, so it's, I won't say lazy, but all the framework is already there. So that's out. Zelda, it's a DLC. Fantastic DLC. It's a big DLC, but it's a DLC. It's not a new game. The DLC of Breath of the Wild shouldn't be there. I know that people are going to vote for it, but no. Spider-Man 2, I believe, is an exclusive for PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if we go by, by, what you, by your take, I heard a lot of great things, especially about uh, the 1 and 2 apparently is really good. But if we go by what you said, exclusive should be excluded. It's exclusive. Out. These three already, for me, are out. That Mario, would knock out Mario Wonder, too. Wonder is an exclusive. That's true. That's that would knock out Mario Wonders. That leaves us with two games. That, that's fair. So that leaves us with Alan Wake and <laughs> heard a go, uh, Heard a lot of good things about Alan Wake. But as you said, it's very niche. It's very, very niche. Looks very interesting, though. And Baldur's Gate 3, you also the meme of, uh, we can't do a game as, as good as Baldur's Gate. Was they put the bar way too high. It's because your game is way too low, mate. <laughs> Everybody is uh, agree to say that BG3 is the game of the year because it's a fantastic game. I played it. It's, again, not my cup of tea, but I can understand because it has been made with love. Every little part of it has been done properly and you can see that it has been worked out, well, fantastically, of 
all the, the uh, dozen of scenarios that you can have depending on all the choice you could have you can't really break this game it's solid it's a beautiful yeah it's, it's pretty nice and now uh, nah, it's an excellent game so minecon will be on Baldur's gate even though i think you're right about tears of the kingdom being a strong contender i would put it number two yes i disagree with this choice but again that's that's how that's how it is if there's one game that you would have put in this Game of the Year award, which one it would have been? Because we agree that all of these are AAAs, right? There's no any game there. The one I see most people saying should have been on the list, probably in replacement of Resident Evil 4, is actually Hogwarts Legacy. But a lot of people are saying that they're probably the reason that wasn't included is because of all the problem, like how problematic it was on release and all the drama and that's probably part of the reason why they avoided it but from what i've seen of reviews later and from what i've been reading online it seems like that would have been probably one that should have probably gotten a little more attention for game of the awards other than that i've heard a lot about hi-fi rush a lot of people wish hi-fi rush had gotten a little more recognition hi-fi rush was look fun Hogwarts Legacy, I would have excluded it simply because the main quest looks great and there's plenty of great idea, like the room on demand. I don't know who's sitting in English. It's just that there's lots of game which is extremely repetitive and just here to add artificial timeline to the game and, you know, the mail in quest and the land on the platform and all of these. And uh, uh, that's a lot of fat that you can skim out of the game. Apart from that, yeah, I agree that it would have been a much more a much better game than Resident Evil 4 because uh, RE4 should stay in his remake uh, category. I don't know if there's a category for remakes. There's plenty of categories, so I would say so, but I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a category uh, for best ongoing game. Apparently, Cyberpunk was nominated for that one. Why is that an ongoing? So Cyberpunk maybe... or Because it just got a DLC. The DLC. Yeah, the DLC, yeah. So if you drop a DLC, it counts as an ongoing huh. game. I'll accept that as long as it's not in the Game of, uh, game of the Year award, no, I'll no, accept no. it. If it's within its category. It's a specific category uh, for games that are not released yes. this year, but continue to have features or content added. And that's that's acceptable for, for me. And what about you, Korean? Is there one game that you would add to replace that, one of those? That's the thing. I'm very much in Adam's boat. I don't think I've played anything from... I have played 2023 stuff, but nothing that's AAA. And I haven't played anything that's, wow, this deserves to be a Game of the Year award. Um, I played lots of really good things, but nothing that... If I just think of, I was try, just trying to think, what is the game that I've enjoyed most this year? And that would be Valheim. And then again, Valheim's from 2021, end of 2021. Like in terms of hours put in, it's excluding Hearthstone and now excluding Marvel Snap. It's Valheim that I've enjoyed the most. So yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have a choice, unfortunately. Okay, fair enough. Can we agree, before I give you my take, can we agree that some of these games here are extremely niche, targeting yeah. only certain people? Like Alan Wake, you're not going to do a, a 8 to a 15 years old. Mario is a bit every public Zelda as well. RE4, you need to like horror. Marvel, Spider-Man, you need to have a PS5. Quite Because that's quite a niche itself. And Baldur's Gate, also it's a fantastic game. You need to like D&D. Because if D&D is not your stuff, not going to work, right? So on that take, I'm saying that it's a shame. All For me, it, 
invalidate completely this game of the of the year award that there is not even one indie game in the game of the year that's absolute shame i could put like some stronger words and i'm really racking my brain to find stronger words in english which i don't have right now so excuse me but if i could i would put something way more okay you heard me talk about sea of stars for the past three weeks this was an excellent indie game for me because i haven't played ff16 i don't have a ps5 or i didn't play other rpgs but for me that's pg of the year in the same category as starfield it blows Starfield out of the water. Goodbye. RPG of the year. And I would have put it here. Definitely. Absolutely. It has way more relevance than RE4 as a remake or, or Zelda as a DLC. Or Alan Wake, which is likely very good, but psychological horror. If you play it for Halloween, great. If you are a streamer or if you like it. But again, it's very niche. So Sea of Stars being an RPG is less, less, less niche than Alan Wake. And more interesting, way more fun to play. I would have way more fun. And as I said, I played it with a smile on my face. Triple A games, even for the past two or three years, I can't recall a triple A game, which makes me really have a big smile on my face. I recall that the first Horizon for me had a big impact, but that's already Ghost of Tsushima as well, uh, which might have been exclusive, though, so it would be excluded from this take. Crime yes. of the century. Ouch. Oh, thank you very much, yes. But yes, for, for me, the fact that they stay, but the fact that the game of the year has to be a triple A. Why? Triple A's are not the best game. There's a game with the most money in it. That's the difference. The best game, and has been for a while for me, indie games, maybe they don't have the money to make something fantastic, as beautiful as Cyberpunk anything, but they always have fresh ideas. Something as silly as the Untitled Goose game from a few years back. You play it, you smile, and it's fun, and it's fresh, and of course it's a small game, so it can't be a game of the year award, but I know they have a category, yes, I know. There is an a indie game category, and Sea of Stars has been nominated in, in indie game and RPG, so why do you complain? Because it should be reflected in the game of the year award. It is better than one of these six. It is. And I've played this one. I'm sure there's 10 others, maybe as fun or as good or something. They should do something like uh, take the Metacritic, the scores on Metacritic, and take the first five or six, and these should compete for the, the Game of the Year award. I bet you that this six, maybe one or two are on the top six. I bet not. this is not the top six. I absolutely sure this is not the top six. Why? Is it a woody side? The nominees. Do you, do you know who decide the nominees? Is it by sale, maybe? Or it's just is the press, vote? I think. It's just like game. Just the press. They just have a list of like. Is it, yeah. For me, this, unfortunately, for me, this has as much credibility as Ballon d'Or in, in soccer. None. Absolutely none. <laughs> Which is a shame. It's sad because I'd love to see some real good games on this list. Doesn't mean that there's no. There's, all these games are bad. That's not what I'm saying. But there's not the only ones. And maybe some others are more deserving. I can get the idea that accessibility, right? Okay, exclusives shouldn't count because obviously not everybody can play them. That makes sense to me. But as far as a game that's going to appeal to everybody, does that exist? Right? It, I mean, it, Mario and Nintendo stuff. 
it's it's quite but as we've said like platformers aren't going to appeal to everybody is there one game that's going to where everybody's going to be like oh yeah this is for me because because as Korean was saying his brother and and his friends are like platformer no no thank you at all are you gonna can it be could you pop I feel like in a way you'd have to just eventually say you know what we're just drawing a line in the sand we're just gonna say this because it's impossible to find something that's going to appeal to everybody yeah, like no, even with I Baldur's agree, Gate, it was it, uh, even with Baldur's Gate, uh, and as much as everybody loved it, especially RPG fans, I saw people online that were saying like, "Oh, we want a, a live mode where you can play it more like Diablo." But it's, that's that's not what the game is meant to be. It's uh, so like no matter what you do, if you have RPG fans, but then you have action RPG fans, and then you have turn-based RPG fans, and yeah, I don't think it's possible to find a game that's going to appeal to everybody and going to be the ultimate for everybody game. I feel like you just have to eventually just... And of course, you have to note that some big niche are missing. There's no motorsport. There's plenty of uh, Gran Turismo and stuff like this which could, uh, which could be part of it. There's no fighting game. We got all the big three this year. None of them are in there. Smile thinking, hey, stuff is not there. <laughs> that's not surprising, but hey. I've seen people talking about that online too. Oh no, they, they couldn't. Uh, do you remember if uh, Skyrim was Game of the Year, right? I'm pretty sure it was. The awards exist, the did the Game Awards exist back then? Guys, we should move on. Uh, because Game of the Year edition. We need more videos. <laughs> really? This is not <laughs> enough for Isaac. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Then. Okay. Should yes. be you. Again, Black Friday, but. Today's video is going to be a little bit different because I know a lot of people, um, primarily American people, and I looked at our audience with 46% American. Oh God, uh, yeah, 46% American out of 170,000 people who watched our, or who got to see our channel last month. Uh, not views, but impressions. That's a lot of people. So today we're talking about Best Buy. But you may be like, Best Buy, that's an American store. They don't ship outside. I was like, come on. I checked Best Buy. Come on, Best Buy. It's 2023. You should be able to ship everywhere in the world right now, but they don't. Um, they do ship to Canada, of course, which is lucky for Antoine. But Best Buy has... No, there's a oh, Best Buy five minutes away. You don't <laughs> ship. Here. There you go. Here. If you're not American, I, I want you to, to look at this video. If you're watching this later on YouTube and say, this is how to conceptualize how I'm going to be spending my money in the next like six weeks or so before, between now and the end of the year. Think about the prices think about what you want to buy also remember like a lot of these stores like best buy even some of your bucks and mortar stores in whatever country you're in if it's in argentina or you're in south africa or you're in singapore right they will price match online places and best buy said the same thing right if you find it cheaper on amazon show us the link show us the picture we'll double check it and if it's cheaper we will match that price that is something to take into consideration but today, I just want to talk about some items. You go to bestbuy.com. What are you thinking about buying for Black Friday? What are you thinking about buying for Christmas? What do you think about buying for next year? Are your kids going back to school, right? Lots of Taiwanese kids are getting into GPT-4, GPT-4 Turbo. They're having AI classes where you need to have a notebook, right? You need to have some sort of computer. So if you go to the Best Buy website, one of the first things you're going to see is a wonderfully made Taiwanese Chromebook for $139, right? That is, that's cheap, right? That's a rarely accessible computer. And how are people like, oh my God, four gigabytes of RAM? And you gotta understand this is Chrome OS. So four gigabytes of RAM is plenty. It's like running Linux these days. So really great idea. There's another thing, which is a PlayStation 5 DualSense wireless controller for $50, which Adam, I assume is cheaper? Yeah, a little bit. 
I think it's normally like okay. 70. One thing I will admit, though, is that the PlayStation bundles are more expensive because I've seen bundles with the PlayStation controller and one game for $400 in Taiwan this past weekend when we had 11.11 here. So yeah, this is also something, right? Loads of Taiwanese Americans come back in the holidays. So if you are one of those people and you come back to Taiwan, don't buy a PlayStation here. Don't buy a PlayStation there in the US, buy here in Taiwan. And Adam, would that make a difference? Could you buy a PlayStation here in Taiwan and then go back to the States and, and still use it? Yeah, Absolutely. so save yourself 50 to $100. I saw, I was still had that, I saw Carefoy send me, hey, by the way, we have a PlayStation bundle for 400 US dollars on 11.11. I'm like, oh my God. And I had that, I should get a PlayStation 5. And immediately decided, no, I shouldn't do that because it would just be like my Switch where I played three months of the year. But I know there's loads of good deals. This winter is coming as well. It's already chilly, at least for me. I think Adam is probably not chilly for him. But like I... It's, it's comfortable, comfortable right, for me. Right? But it's cold. Like I would love this. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt here, but this is, yeah, this is my weather. So it's <laughs> it's cold. Like I was, I had a jacket on this morning um, and I went downstairs. And I'm like, I regretted not putting on a jacket because, um, and, and cold for those people would be like 20, it was like 22 degrees here. And I was cold, but they have another really good deal, which is the Dyson pure hot and cool thing. My partner has one in her room and those things are usually like $700 It's on sale for 500, which is actually a decent price. Um, again, this is one of those things as well that you get cheaper in Taiwan um, or cheaper in other countries, which have prices adjusted for the typical salary. And let me remind you as well, there's loads of websites that you can check that says that sort of calculates like your best buy grab, like historically last year in 2022 was this cheaper before black friday and if it was yeah then it means it's gonna be cheaper again so you can buy it right now but there are loads of really good deals um on electronic stuff um on gaming deals as well for all you gamers out there and we aren't gamers right toys as well if you're collecting stuff like i want to get a new batman figurine that i'm going to put up there somewhere keep an eye out for those best buy's got some good deals you're electronics stores or gaming stores or Amazon equivalents are going to have some good deals even before. We talked about Displate as well. Displate has 27% off for one Displate or one to two and then 36% off for three Displates. Antoine has his. I still have to put mine up. Loads of deals already. There's software deals as well. I really want to get two buddy for us for the channel, which helps a lot with a lot of optimization and stuff. But yeah, Best Buy. Check it out. Let us know what you're buying down in the comments on the YouTube video or Twitter or Instagram. And remember for all of you who have kids, now's a good time to buy for your Christmas shopping list. I know. Trust me. All right, Antoine. No, Antoine. Adam, final story for today. Final story is another twofer. Persona 5 Tactica is dropping in just a couple of days. I believe it's on the 17th. So that is two more days for me. So as I said, I've already pre-ordered it, so I'm super excited. But I don't know when I'm going to be done with Neo. This game is long. I'm, I'm already a, like 100-something hours into it, and I don't know how much longer I've got. It's a lot longer than I thought. But yeah, so if you are looking forward to that, if you're the kind of person who likes these tactical RPGs or you like Persona, definitely worth checking out. And it's only you only have to wait a few more days for it. But also, Persona 6 has recently had a rumor leaked that it might be available sometime in 2025. So apparently it was... The rumor says that it was 
intended for, I believe, release in 2024, but then got delayed. So now it looks like uh, we might be getting Persona 6 in 2025. So if you are a Persona fan, look forward to that. Sounds awesome. I can't believe they pushed out those Persona games that fast. I don't know. It's a rumor. So (laughs) take it with a grain of salt. All right, Antoine, what about you? I have a non-video game disclaimer, if you don't mind. For all the savings you make on your Black Friday and everything, remember, each of us, I'm sure, have a colleague doing Movember this this month. Consider doing donating to charity. That's always nice. Just wanted to pass it along. And uh, no, that's it. Sure. Okay. That is historically fast. (laughs) (laughs) Talking too much? I think <laughs> this I already accepted when Antoine joined the show. I'm like, okay. Because when I met Antoine, Antoine could not be long talk a lot. And then after, I'm like, oh my God, how did he become a second Adam? And then it just became <laughs> quick Korean and other people who talk, which is fine. And it's fun. I enjoyed it because you guys are smart people. So that's always it. It's, it's just a great because title you for a podcast Quick Korean and Other People Who Talk. <laughs> great <title>. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't want to mention my last story because I've been thinking about this a lot. And so you, Adam would know probably, but I started a game called Warframe 10 years ago and, it, and it's been 10 years. And I started with a friend of the show, my friend here in, in, in Taiwan, Hans, and we were one of the first 500 people to play Warframe. And we, it was, I think Warframe was back in the days where you paid money to get into early access. I think it was one of those early games that did that 10 years ago. We paid about $20 at that time. And I stopped playing a few years ago because it was one of the Warframe morphed into a game where you really needed to play with people in order to get the end game content. And I dislike that. And I think Anton and Adam can correct me. I think most sort of MMO games or multiplayer games are like that. I imagine Final Fantasy is like that. Final Fantasy 14, where in order to gain, get the end game content, you need to play with a group of people. You can't be a solo person to get end game care at Adam and Anton. That's how it's been, but apparently they're pushing it more so that you can play it solo. But that's uh, kind of a recent change. As, I don't know. I, I felt that FF14 was better than Warcraft in the sense that you can solo everything apart from dungeons because you have some mandatory dungeons to do within the game that you can you have to do it at four players. It's usually short and not that hard, right? Especially if you are playing with the experienced players. But yes, if you want to do it pure solo, no. But it's an MMO, right? So yeah. now they have the they have the trust system where you can go into a dungeon with AI controlled really? NPCs. Really, that's cool. You don't need. Is that, that. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. I'm just happy as you a go solo person. Okay. But is is that good? It's cool for a couple of reasons. It's cool for a couple of things. It, it's it's one of those things where it's a trade off where you go in with because. You go in with these NPCs, and these NPCs are characters in the game. So they're characters that you know, and they're people that you've interacted with. And it's typically a little bit slower than if you had gone through with regular people, because the AI kind of plays it safe. So you can't rush. So it'll take you a little bit longer to get through a dungeon, but you get 100% of the loot because you're not splitting it with anybody. So it's... huh? Is it already live? It's been live since Endwalker. Or no, it's been live since Shadowbringers. And so now they're going back and doing it with the older dungeons, but with the newer yeah. dungeons. And actually, the older dungeons had it with you. You could do it with your, with your, what was it free company people? But, but yeah. So now I think all the dungeons have it now. Sweet. So I could play solo on FF14. Completely play solo. Good to know. Play solo on an MMO. Defeat the point. But okay. I think primals are the only thing you need people for now. 
And those are just like one boss fight each. That's good news. And actually, I think that's a good place to end because I diverged into place. Good place was my fault. And, and we got diverged. I'm not thinking of sort of shorts eventually for uh, next week sometime. Cool. So guys, what are we playing? So Adam, of course, is trying to finish Neo before Persona 5 Tactica. Antoine, hey, did you find something Amen. to play after? I'm still on Football Manager trying to not to depress How is Bordeaux you doing in Football Manager? Team. I really like your short. In Football Manager, for now, I'm second in the league. They are doing much better, yeah, much better than uh, than real life, which is our 16th. Anyway, apart from that, yeah, I'm thinking of using Black Friday to get something like uh, Dragon Dogma One. Or I really want to play some uh, old classic. Not sure which one, but because you re yeah you keep talking about Dragon Dogma, maybe this, but you say it's a time sink. It's not a time sink, no. No, it's really short. Dragon yeah. Dogma one. You can speed it's speed running, but people have speed run it in twenty minutes. It's really short, especially if you just get <laughs> to the main game. Hey, fair enough. Okay, then good. Then I don't I didn't want it anything too much too time consuming. So that's yeah. I was also thinking of maybe doing Sandrock because you know uh, I did it in early access until uh, there was no more content, but that was about I don't know if it was six or six months or a year ago. So I could do this because I saw the ads out. So I could so. do that as well. No. Yep, yep, because they had DLC planned already? DLC from the Kickstarter. Oh. So one of the Kickstarter goals was that when mm -hmm. it releases, they will give us DLC and the DLC is out. Oh, sweet. But yeah, plenty to do. That's the choice. It's always the thing when you have stuff in the backlog. You know, like, oh, there's a new game calling. Yeah, no, backlog. I have to do it, <laughs> to do it now. Uh, because it's Pandora as well. Yeah, but Pandora Day 1, as you said, it's going to take a year to be good. So that's a no. Oh, yes, but there's also the oh, there's also the Dungeons 4 coming for free on, on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, and I really want to do it because it's extremely funny. It's really fun. Especially if you play it too, with two cool. people. Anyway, plenty of choice. Very nice. So before we end up today, so I'd like to remind everyone, if you listen to last week's episode, we're planning something special for December. We're going to skip the news for that month. And it is a slow month. It's the holiday time, right? The three of us, we're very different personalities and gaming personalities. As much as I think Adam and Antoine were separated at birth by a gigantic Atlantic Ocean. But we've got some three special episodes for the first three weeks. So one, first week of December, second week of December, third week of December, talking about next year and whatever else the guys are going to talk about so stay tuned for those if you're looking for something relaxing to listen to something to think about how do i plan what i'm going to buy next year keep an eye out for that and thank you guys as always for supporting the channel 173,000 impressions last month is awesome you guys love the shorts we love the interaction on instagram and facebook keep it up 2024 is going to be an even better year and we'll see you guys next week same time same place Bye bye